Okay, we are here for another episode of The Missing with Psychic Profiler Carla Barron. That's me. And Shelly, we have her as our anchor girl, and she does the research and sets us up and tells us where we're at. And um, tonight, we're looking at Susan Cox Powell. And we're looking at that. I mean, this situation is, is like, it could go a million different ways. Right. I have already prior to this, during this week, I took a look at it psychically and I see some things, but knowing my skill and my skill set, I know what to do and how to back up and take a fresh look at it just to, you know, yeah. sort of see if I'm on the right track or I need to regroup. I need to take a, you know, another path with this. And okay. the reason I have Shelly asking me questions is because I could sit here and do a podcast all by myself and ask the questions and then answer them. But that's not how I've done any reading in my entire life. So why would I do it? Why would I change that now? There's no reason. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Shelly, can you sort of cue us up and tell us where we're at with Susan Cox Powell and let the I listeners can. know if they don't know this story, fill them in. Alrighty. Susan Marie Cox Powell was born October 6, 1981. Throughout her life, Susan was someone who was friendly, warm, bubbly, excited about life, and genuinely happy. I'm gonna I'm going to, to stop you for a second. Oh, yeah. Was she born on October 6th or 16th? I have October 6th. I'm could am I wrong? I might be. Um for let some reason, my psychic memory, when I saw, okay, let me I'm just going to, I'm going to cheat right now and look at it. Hold on. Okay. Uh, let me see. Okay. You're right. It is the 16th. It's a typo on my paperwork, on my research. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Guys. October 16th, 1981. Yep. I thought that's what I saw. Okay. So, um, sorry to correct you, but I don't want to make a mistake and lead us down right. the wrong path. So I have, let me tell you what goes on with me. If okay. I see something once I have a mostly photographic memory. So okay. I, I tend to not forget numbers because I work with numerology, ancient Chaldean Hebrew system and I work with it every day and I tend to not forget birthdays. The number 16, when I saw it, I said, oh, it means hidden enemies. That's exactly oh. what that means. Okay. What's weird is, is that my nail girl for the last like number of years, her <laughs> birthday is October 16th. That's why I remembered it. Wow. Okay. So it means hidden enemies and she had certain situations that happened where her tires were slashed by an employee 
He was poisoning her drinks with um, sleeping uh, sedatives. So she would like go to sleep in the afternoon and she was always so tired. And they found out later he was spiking her, her juices with, with various sedatives. And then he, he was angry because, you know, she, she found out about it and dismissed him. He came back and slashed the tires of all of her nail girls. Oh my gosh. So October 16th wasn't something I was going to forget easily. So anyway, I don't mean to correct you, but no, 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 it's okay. Let's start again. And this was a good teaching. This was a good teaching thing because it shows people how I work True. and how I am extremely pinpoint when it comes to numbers, exact detail. Right. You know, and I don't forget if I see it, especially if I associate it with something personal. Um, let's start again. Start okay. again with. Okay. All right. So here we are. Susan Marie Cox Powell was born October 16, 1981. Throughout her life, Susan was someone who was friendly, warm, bubbly, excited about life, and genuinely happy. She was known to many as a loyal and loving daughter sister, neighbor, friend, and mother. Susan was proud to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as her faith was very, very important to her. Susan had a beautiful soprano voice and sung in her church choir. She loved to crochet and was part of a knitting and crochet group at her church. She liked girly things like nail polish, makeup, and pretty clothes. Susan loved her first career as a hairdresser and always had a philosophy of making things and people prettier. Susan's favorite thing to do was spend time with her two little boys, Charlie and Brayden. They were the loves of her life. Susan had always wished she could stay home with her boys full time, but that wasn't possible as her husband, Josh, didn't make enough money in his many failed attempts at various careers. In 2004, Josh and Susan moved from the state of Washington to West Valley, Utah. Susan was thrilled they finally had their own home, and Josh was seemingly happy to attend church with her weekly. A couple of years had passed, and Josh began talking to his father, Steve Powell. Josh would entertain and listen to his anti-church rants during their weekly phone calls, which led Josh to completely abandon his faith. He quit attending church with Susan, and that broke her heart. Her husband was no longer the person she married. He no longer shared her faith, and they began to argue about it constantly. It meant the world to Susan that her boys were raised in a loving, faith-filled home. From that point on, Josh would constantly try to undermine her efforts to take the boys to church with her. The dysfunction in their marriage began to increase. It seemed that Josh's true colors of who he was raised to be by his father were finally revealed. He quickly turned into someone that Susan didn't recognize. He began demanding that Susan save money in every way possible, forcing her to deposit her paychecks into an account that only he had access to. He would give her weekly newspaper ads for food, food that was on sale, and demand she only purchase those items giving her just enough money to do so. That was just a tiny piece of the nightmare Susan was living. 
Josh never physically abused her, but they had tons of verbal arguments and shouting matches, none of which changed the fact that Josh had now gained total control over Susan's life. Susan often confided in her friends and family how sad and unhappy she was over her marriage. She contemplated divorce numerous times, but wasn't willing to give up on her marriage until she felt she'd tried every last thing to save it. She eventually had a consultation with a divorce lawyer. She was advised to make a video of all her possessions in the house, so Josh couldn't sell things out from under her, leaving her with nothing. Susan took that advice and she made a videotape, which she hid in a lockbox, along with a letter explaining everything. Susan never got the chance to file for divorce. The main reason being she became increasingly concerned that if she did, Josh would kidnap the kids and disappear. It was something his grandparents had done to Josh's father, Steve, and Steve's siblings. So there was a family history of that. During one of their shouting matches, Josh told her, you're only getting the kids over my dead body. On Saturday, December 5th, 2009, things in the Powell family seemed to be improving slightly. Josh attended a church Christmas party with Susan and the boys, where they took family pictures. Later that evening, they also attended a Christmas party for Josh's work. The following day, Sunday, December 6, 2009, Susan and the boys went to church. Susan was in good spirits that day. Her boys had played quietly during church, allowing her to listen to the speaker. After church, they walked home. That afternoon, Susan made a phone call to a friend of hers from church, asking if she'd come over and help her untangle a huge mess of yarn she had so she could continue crocheting a blanket that she had been working on. Her friend agreed, and before they hung up the phone, Josh yelled out, ask her if she wants to stay for dinner tonight. That right there was a huge red flag. As Josh was stingy with money, food, possessions, and he hadn't invited anyone over for dinner in years. Josh never ever cooked or did the dishes, making this even more unusual. Her friend gladly accepted the invite and dinner. She arrived at Susan's shortly thereafter. They talked and laughed and began working on untangling that big yarn mess. Josh had made pancakes for everyone that evening and served each person individually making it very easy for him to possibly slip something into Susan's pancakes, possibly something to, sed to sedate her, which would make her feel tired and sick. After dinner, Susan said she suddenly wasn't feeling that great and was in fact very tired. She went to lay down. Her friend stayed a bit longer working on the yarn mess until Josh told her that, she, that he was going to take the boys sledding and she needed to leave. So she agreed and she was leaving as she was leaving, she witnessed Josh putting the boys in the van. That took place around 5 p.m. She would be the last person outside the Powell household to see Susan alive. On the morning of December 7, 2009, the police were contacted when Susan did not show up for work and the boys were not dropped off at daycare. The police were called and a report was made that the entire Powell family was missing. When the police failed to make contact with both Josh and Susan, they broke into their home under the suspicion of possible carbon monoxide poisoning. They found no one inside. They immediately noticed there were two box fans blowing dry a large wet spot on the couch. 
Susan's purse was also inside the house. It contained her wallet and identification. As the investigation continued, law enforcement would find a letter handwritten by Susan stating she was afraid for her life. They also would find blood spatter on the hallway wood flooring that was later identified as Susan's blood. Josh returned home that evening around 5 p.m. He told the police he left Susan at home sleeping and took the boys camping and sledding during a blizzard. He also told them he expected Susan to be at home where he left her the night before. He had no idea where she was. The police would eventually learn Josh had serious mental issues surrounding women in his life. He had constantly experienced female rejection due to his creepy, almost stalking-like behaviors. Shortly after, the police located Susan's cell phone. It was found in the van Josh had taken the boys camping with. As the investigation continued, law enforcement interviewed their oldest son, Charlie. He told the police that his mommy had went camping with him that night, but she didn't come home with them. Soon after that interview, Josh's co-workers told the police he had been discussing with them how easy it was to hide a body down in an abandoned mine shaft in the western Utah desert. Josh eventually would become law enforcement's number one person of interest in Susan's disappearance. And on September 2011, Josh lost custody of the boys to Susan's parents. On February 5, 2012, Charlie and Braden were granted a CPS supervised visit with their dad, Josh. Susan's parents were reluctant to allow this, but had no say in the matter, and it, it was court ordered. Upon arriving at Josh's home, the boys ran to the front door where their dad let them in the house, locking the door behind them before the CPS caseworker had a chance to enter. Josh hit both of the boys in the back of the head with a hatchet, knocking them unconscious. The inside of the house was covered in gasoline. Josh sat on a five-gallon container of gasoline and blew the house up with all three of them inside. On October 20th, 2012, Josh's brother, Michael Powell, became law enforcement suspect number two. They believed he knew about and helped Josh with Susan's disappearance. On February 11th, 2013, Michael Powell committed suicide. That's it. Okay. Like I said, that was, um, yeah, convoluted. Um, let's begin with questions. Let's just fire them off and then I'll recap and go back. Okay. All right. My first question from our viewers is what happened in Susan's last hours? Okay, just relax and breathe. I'm looking at Susan's picture right now. Susan, what happened in your last hours? All right, first of all, he was cheating on her. I see this right here, because this woman, he was, che he was definitely cheating on her. Wow, okay. Um, so there was infidelity. That's a, let me double check that. Was Josh cheating on you, Susan? Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. Okay. For absolutely sure. So this was going on also. So that introduces another element. All right. So let me look to see. All right. First of all, she knew about it. Oh man. Okay. She found out. 
She's not a stupid girl. Susan uh -huh. was a smart cookie and she confronted him and said, I know what you're doing. And she spouted off, you know, I discovered this, 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 and this, and I'm taking the kids. I mean, she just announced what she was going to do. Oh my God. And they got into a huge fight. You're asking me what happened during the last moment. And this is what I'm seeing a huge okay, fight okay. with the two of them. Um, she let the cat out. Let me keep going. Okay. Susan, what happened after the fight? Okay. Okay. Uh, during this time, I get that Josh contacted his brother, who was also kind of his best friend. Okay. And I, I get that there was some sort of communication there during this time. Like he walked out of the room and said, oh my God, she knows, what do I do? Okay. You know, Yeah. she found out and let me just see. All right, Susan, what happened after this? What happened after this? Okay. And what you're hearing are regular playing cards. It's just something for me to create a rhythm with my hands. That's all this is. Okay. All right, let's back it up before this time yeah there was a plan in play from josh's family who recommended that he they're the ones who recommended the life insurance oh i didn't and, even tell you about that <laughs> and, well no i knew about it from you know hearing about the case years ago but i i uh this is new. All right. So the family, it looks like they were the ones that suggested he do this so that he wasn't left in the lurch with two kids and no way to feed them. Ah, okay. So it was suggested that he take out a life insurance policy in case something happened to her, blah, blah, blah. Got it. I mean, I will always admit if I know something ahead of time and that I knew ahead of time. Okay. All right. So I'm seeing that money was what was driving the brother. Okay. The brother didn't, uh, what was his name? His name was Michael Powell. Okay. He didn't particularly like her and just thought that she was, you know, it, it was just that she never gave any, it was as if she was superior to 
that family. And I think she, I think she was very, um, defensive because of what happened with the father. Cause I remember the father was some sort of pervert, right? And he oh, was like yeah. taking oh pictures gosh. and whatever. What was mm -hmm. his name? His name was Steve. Okay. I get that that whole family was just paranoid beyond belief and well, make sure you're set up for life and, and, you know, attach money to this in case things go awry or they go sideways Okay. and the marriage is over, you know, make sure that, that you have things set in place so that you're not stuck. Okay. So the brother was all on board with that oh. and he was pretty much Josh's best friend from what I'm seeing. I mean, they were like two peas in a pod and I'm going to go this far with it. I think the father, Steven, uh -huh. molested them. That's one of my questions for you actually. So there you go. That's good. I am, I am going to double check that, but I am definitely getting that this is why they were in such denial of his activities because if they admitted that he was like this then they would dig further and find out that maybe they were touched okay let me just check that though josh josh and and michael were they molested by their father stephen I'm asking, I'm asking Susan if they were molested. Okay. Okay. Uh, to a degree. Okay. You know, I think there was like fondling going on, you know, that kind of thing. To where they were. I, I, I don't think there was penetration or any of that. I think he okay. was just, you know. Testing the waters. Doing whatever. Yes. Um, but I also get that the father, Stephen, was the one that suggested that she was a problem and you need to take care of that situation. Uh-huh. Okay. This whole idea about, about getting rid of her. And yeah. yes, there was something in her food. Um, and that was mainly just to incapacitate her. Okay. That was another question. Good. I'm going to look further though, to see if anything beyond that happened, like physical, um, like if he hit her okay. or something happened, because I want to see about this blood. Right. That, you know, they were cleaning up on the couch and on the floor. I, I just want to see what this was. Okay. All right, Susan, I need to look at the blood. Where did this come from? Okay. Well, it was during their fight. Oh, she attacked him. 
about the woman about the woman he was sleeping with because she found evidence of this somehow like there was something that she found okay and she attacked him and this happened all in the house oh okay yeah um let me look further okay okay Um, he accused her of sleeping around too and said, well, what about that guy you were talking to? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I just see that both of them were accusing each other of infidelity, except she had proof and he had nothing. He had okay. nothing except suspicion. Guilty conscience. So that's all he had. All right. All let right. me go further. Susan. Where did the blood come from? Okay. He overpowered her. Okay. There may have been somebody else in the house with them at this time. Other than that woman. Okay. Other than, okay. Other than the, the friend right. that left. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm Somebody getting that like she had some sort of friend or something that stopped by. And I think the friend may have been male. Yes. From what I read, I just didn't share it. There was other male DNA found where that blood spatter was. Whether it was the okay. skin cells or what, I don't know. It didn't state it. This there was, was just a friend. This was someone yeah. that protected her like an older brother would. This was someone that had a karmic relationship with her, but it wasn't sexual. Okay. Because I see that... Um, I think when Josh went in the other room and was texting his brother saying, Oh my God, what do I do? She sent an SOS to this friend and said, get the hell over here. Okay. He's out of control. All right. Let me go beyond this. Let yeah. me go beyond this. Susan show me what happened after that. Okay, show me what happened. Okay, the friend arrives. Which fuels the suspicions even further. Okay. I think he was just throwing it out there. I don't think he actually thought this was happening and then right, this friend shows up right so i think the friend was just a friend now the thing is is that why why don't they find the friend let me just see did something also happen to the friend was the friend injured whoa what okay the friend walks into this 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 toxic fight that they're having. Okay. 
And I think the kids are just like oblivious. They're like in the other room. That was my next question. <laughs> I think they're sleeping. Um, okay, let me look. So what happens when this happens, when he walks in? Okay. This, this friend of Susan's, your friend, what happened? Susan, what happened? Okay, I get that this friend may have had darker hair than Josh and okay. Okay. I think Josh's brother was, was basically saying, Hey, you know, she's sleeping around. Okay. They were just friends. I think the friend would have liked something more to happen, but knew that right. that wasn't going to happen with her. So they were just friends. All right. Let me see. I mean, but he loved her as, as a person, like he loved her. Aww. Let me see here. All right. What happened to this friend while he was in the house? Okay. The friend also knew about the infidelity from Josh. All right. And said, you know, you've you know i don't know why you even care because you're sleeping around got it and we already know so okay so let me just go further what happens with josh after this josh goes into a rage Uh, I'd have to say he grabs something sharp. So it was either a knife or a blade of some sort. It's, it's sharp on the edge. Okay. But it, it, I mean, it could be like a fireplace poker or something okay. like that, but okay. it's, it's, it's sharp on the edge because it looks longer than a knife. Okay. Me. And he basically pins this guy up against the wall and says, say one more word. Oh my gosh. I don't know who you are, but say one more word. All right, let me see what happened to him first. Yeah. What happened to this guy first, this friend? What happened to him? Here's Josh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Josh knew that he cared about her. I mean, it was it was clear that he had feelings for her. He had feelings for Susan. Okay. And, you know, she basically had him on speed dial. I'm sure Josh didn't like that. 
well, he was trying to take control of the situation. He was angry. Did Josh hurt this guy? Did he hurt him in any physical way? Okay. Did Josh hurt him? Let me ask it another way. Did Josh physically assault this guy? I see them having a fight and him pushing him up against the wall with this sharp thing. Okay. Did he draw blood from this guy? He accused him of warning his wife okay. of trespassing, of having an affair. Okay. Did he, did Josh physically assault him? Okay. Um, it, he was an unfortunate piece of collateral in this situation. Okay. Because, you know, it was clear that he wasn't going to leave on his own. Yeah. And Josh was demanding that he leave his house and he said no. So he felt like he was well within his rights to physically protect his home and his children. Okay. okay. So no matter what a court of law would have seen, he felt well within his rights. He All killed right. him. Okay. Cause my, I have a question for you to go with this. So, okay. He killed him. He I killed thought. him first. Oh my gosh. Um, Susan was trying to like pull him off of, you know, to try to take away the, whatever was in his hand, the yeah. weapon. And that's when he knocked her across the room. Oh my gosh. So he was going for blood with the guy first. All right. Like, how dare you come into my home? You know, no matter what he did, he wasn't seeing you know, his activities, he's a man, so he gets to do whatever he wants, but right. you know, how dare you come into my home and do all this and, and violate my home space oh my and, and possibly be around my children. I mean, he, he just lost it. Oh my gosh. And the guy, the guy was not going to leave because he said, no, I'm not leaving. Well, yeah, he was you worried know, about And it. then he tried to get Susan to go with him. And she, she was caught between the two of them. And she, she didn't want to leave her kids. Right. 
Ugh. So she was caught between the two of them. She's like, I can't leave without them. Man. So was she having sex with somebody else? No. Was she a, a dear, close friend of this person? Yes. And he was helping her with how to, to leave him and still be faithful in her religion. And, you know, he was helping her make sense of it all. Oh, okay. So that happened first. The okay. blow to her head knocked her unconscious. Okay. That's where the blood came from. Okay. And the blood came from like her mouth or something. Like, I think it was her teeth. Oh my gosh. I think it was, I think he, he knocked her so hard that like one of her teeth came loose. Oh my God. So I apologize for the graphic. Um, but you know, I'm seeing that that's where the blood came from. Okay. And you know, I think she was close enough to the couch that, that this happened. I also think she threw up before ah. I, I, I think she vomited and that was going on. So that may have been part of the stain on the couch. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I see that, you know, whatever it was, she was throwing it up. She was expelling okay. it and, you know, before he got back and that made him even more furious. Oh my God. Because he thought he would just subdue her. I think he gave her too much and she threw it up. Okay. So those two things, I don't think she was dead yet though. That's the thing. Okay. I think this is when he gets in touch with his brother, his best yeah. friend. Like, what the hell do I do? And I think he left with the kids and said, get your ass over here and take care of this because I don't know what to do with this. I think the brother was the cleanup crew. I think you're right about that. There's something I haven't said yet. And I think it really falls in line with this. And I couldn't figure it out until now. So go ahead. But he, you know, and it was at the brother's suggestion that, you know, get out of Dodge now. I'll take care of this. Oh my God. So I, I just, I honestly think that, you know, he said, mm -hmm. get here as soon as you can. And he, he tied her up and he tied him. You know, I think the guy was already, already. gone. Yeah. So he, I think he tied her up and, you know, in case she became conscious again. Yeah. And he waited until his brother got there, but you know, he hid the kids from this whole scene. Like he walked them out back or something. Okay. Yeah. Her phone was found in the van. So obviously he wanted to make sure she couldn't call anybody if she got loose. 
Well, and I, I, let me just double check that. Did he tie her up? Did he tie you up, Susan? Did Josh tie you up? Yeah, the brother's interest was in the money. Oh, man. You know, like, she's been a problem since day one. She always thought she was better than us. Mm -hmm. You know. And I think he just wanted to secure the scene. Okay. Did Josh tie you up, Susan? Okay. Oh, and he's, he's like secretly on a, either a burner phone or something with the father too. Oh my God. They're both dead or the guy's dead and she's like bleeding and you know, God knows. And I don't know what to do. I just lost it. And the father is making him seem like he's an angel. Like you had another, no other choice, no other recourse than to do what you did and don't worry, we'll take care of it. So the father was in on it the whole time. Okay. So the three of these, these males, uh, karmically tied together from past lives, I'm sure. Okay. Um, they concocted this whole thing and how they would and what their backstory was and and they rehearsed it wow wow okay i'm seeing what happened to her at the end though okay good that's my next question when she became conscious she was waking up out of it uh-huh. He, um, he smothered her. Oh my gosh. Okay. He smothered her. He blocked her airway. Okay. So she, so she couldn't breathe. All right. At first I was going to say he put his hands around her throat, but he didn't do that. He, he just took a pillow. Wow. Okay. Oh, he had no regard for her life at all. I mean, basically he thought she's cheating on me and all she does is bitch at me about the money and, you know, how, how much of a loser I am. And, you know, <laughs> she's the one who made me go sleep with somebody else and find someone else to be with because it's her fault. If she had been an actual wife, she would have just given me everything without me having to ask for it. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So Susan, was that how your last minutes, did he smother you? Did he smother you? Did he block your airway?
Yeah, and her last thoughts were about her friend who died for her. Oh my gosh. Like she she was just so concerned with that she didn't give a thought to herself. Okay. You know, she she didn't want to go as far as thinking about her kids because she figured he wouldn't hurt the kids. Right. Because he fights for the kids. So she right. didn't even go there about that. She didn't even think that harm could come to the children. Oh my gosh. But she that was what she was thinking at the very end was this this kind soul who protected me died for me. Oh my gosh. And she was she was fighting until the end and <sighs> and struggling and trying to hit him and you know Oh my God. Okay. So let's, let's just end that there. But that was her last thought. Okay. So let me ask you something. Um, during this investigation, I was reading a lot of information about the brother. And at that time he had a newer car, um, but mysteriously turned it over to the salvage yard to have it destroyed. The police were able to locate that vehicle before it was destroyed and cadaver dogs pinged on his trunk that there was definitely decomp in the trunk. The DNA results came back. They weren't Susan's. They didn't know whose they were. So I'm asking were the DNA results in his trunk of Susan's friend that was murdered. That was there that night. Name that. Yes. Okay. But I also get that, um, let's go further and see if, uh, let me just ask where Susan, your remains. Yes. Like you're, you've left your body and your soul has, has lifted up and you're out of your body. Where, what did he do with your body? What did Josh or and or Michael do with your body? Okay, at this point, Josh is like, oh my God, I've destroyed everything. Like, you know, it's like after the fact, he's, he's like having remorse. Right. Like, oh my God, what did I just do? Like, this guy is seriously bipolar. He is. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I mean, he is. He's bipolar. He goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. Exactly. Let me just look here. Yeah. It was like, okay, I took care of the problem, but now, now, like, oh my God, I've destroyed everything. You know, and he had to keep up appearances. So... You know, it was the coaching from the father and the brother that kept him, you know, from like losing his mind because, you know, they were like, look, hold it together, hold it, just breathe, hold it together. Tell them, you know, just very little and, and just go along with this. Oh my gosh. 
All right, let me, let me go further. Susan, what happened to your body? Where were you taken after this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, this this relationship that he was in or whatever, like, I think that stopped, like, right then and there. <laughs> okay. You know, I think he figured, whoops, I, I better, I better, like, nix that, you know? Yeah, 100%. Did Josh take your body, Susan, after you crossed over? Did he take your body somewhere? No. Let me see if if Michael did. Yeah. Michael did did Michael, your brother in law, did he take your body somewhere? Yes, it was Michael. Okay. Okay, this is interesting. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> I think he... If I was a betting person, I would have to say she's near the home. Oh my gosh. They didn't take her anywhere. She's either under the house or in the back. Oh my gosh. She's near the home. Somewhere near the, she's, she's within a very close proximity of the house. Oh my gosh. They didn't okay. take her anywhere. They created a ruse so that you know, red herring so that the, the cops would think, oh, they took her out of state or they took her hundreds right. of miles away. And, you know, that was all a big fat lie. And, and the thing is, that's what was told to the kids. And they just put like a bunch of tarp or whatever in the back and said it was their mother. It wasn't her. It was it was a ruse it was they they were play acting and and this was theater and this was them creating a situation to make the kids believe that that was their mother in the back oh okay oh, she, she went with them. yeah okay. she, she was just sleeping oh she, okay. she's really tired she just needs to sleep oh my gosh because they didn't want to go and they're like, well, where's mommy? Right. They didn't want to go. So he said, oh, she's in the back. She's just sleeping. You know, she's really, really tired and she was sick. She got sick during dinner and, and she's just sleeping in the back. Oh my gosh. So that's how he got them to go with him. Okay. You know, to go camping or whatever. That's how he got them to go. And the reason for going was so that, so that the brother could create the, the cleanup, you know, and, right. and clean up the mess. Right. And oh that's what that was. 
She's nearby the home. Okay. He disposed, God, I hate to say that word, but he, he took her body and, uh, she's nearby the home. Okay. Either under or in back. Like I did, I just get that it's in very close proximity to that house. Okay. All the rest of it was a story to throw them off so they wouldn't search. Which makes sense, complete sense, yeah. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of this story because you know no. I've got my other I've got my other work I do during the week, so I'm right. constantly doing. Re you know how busy I am. I know it's but, crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, and we're even talking about doing this podcast once a week. Are we out of our minds? I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm already like pushed to the limit with my schedule and I'm like considering doing it once a week. I know. But it depends, you know what? It depends on all of you guys and like right. promoting it and putting it out there. And, you know, because if there's not enough interest in doing it once a week, I, I'm just going to stick with the biweekly. But if, if there's like a huge interest in this and, and, you know, my followers and the fans of this thing and, and the listeners, they, they all want that to happen. You need to make it known. You need to write the reviews and say, make this, please, God, make this once a week. You know, right. and, and if I see that the need is there, I will take the time. I mean, you and I, Shelly, are doing this for free. It's not I like know. we get paid. Nope. You know? <laughs> You know, I mean, we're, nope. we're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts, you That's know, right. trying to see what's what, and I'm trying to use the abilities that I have and point them in the direction of these investigations, exactly. just to see if I can glean even one or two more details that they had overlooked. That's Perfect. all exactly. I'm doing. Yep. All right. So anyway. I'm going to double, triple check this with her. Now, as I, you know, the thing is, is that all these souls crossed over because of this nonsense and, yeah, you know, what a karmic web we weave, you know? Agreed. I mean, this thing got out of control. Yeah. Why did he kill his two children? Because he couldn't bear to have them growing up with someone else. He was so possessive that he couldn't bear someone else, you know, taking care of his kids. Right. Oh yeah. That makes complete sense. Definitely. It had nothing to do with her. You know, did he love Susan? At one point he did. Yeah. You know, but he was so angry at the whole situation that he, he honestly, he's bipolar. That's the only thing I can come up with okay, is that yeah, he is yeah. so on the spectrum bipolar that he's, he just, he, he, he's, he almost goes blind with rage. It's, it's a blind rage and he doesn't yeah. even know what he's doing while he's doing it. So I think that's why the remorse was immediately after like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Okay. You know, and I think this, I think it was all a culmination of being fondled when by the father, 
which which I definitely get. I definitely get that the father was exploring his proclivities, you know, like he yeah. went to, he was exploring, uh, you know, what turns him on. Right, exactly. And, and just to see what's what with that. Yeah. But of course they were never going to admit that. No. You know, as grown men, they were never going to admit that, that this even happened. They were, no. they were never going to look at that again. Mm -mm. No way. You know, so did, did Susan walk into a death trap, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, this is the thing about karma. And when we make these agreements before we even come into the lifetime, what people don't understand is that, and I'll put it in a way that, that that's kind, but you, you create situations so that you can learn so that the next lifetime you do not, that you learn that lesson. Correct. That you do not, you know, that you've gone through that, you've contributed the knowledge, and now you've progressed as a soul, and now you know. That's right. You know, and, you know, did she just lay herself as a victim? I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. this, she was strong as hell. Mm -hmm. I, I think that she just thought she could fix it. Yep. Exactly. I agree with that too. A hundred percent. That's what she wanted to do was fix it. And if she could fix it, well, then she was a miracle worker and then she was doing right? God's work. At that point she was doing God's work. And <laughs> right. if she could, if she could convert him to seeing his errant ways and, and you know, yeah, if that could happen, Maybe. but Honest to God, I'm going to ask one more last time, and I'm looking at her picture right now. Susan Cox Howe. Is your body, are the remains, are the bones around that home where you lost your life? Yeah, definitely. I'm getting a definite. Okay. I'm getting a definite. You know, even, even to the point where, you know, he could have like torn out a piece of drywall and put her in there. Oh my gosh. She's around the house. She's close. Okay. Did they do any search with the dogs? I have no idea. Oh. Or on the property. They took his, they eventually took his belongings out of the house, his computers, things like that. So... Um, yeah, but I mean, did they do a search with the dogs? I don't think so. Not that I read. Because I think he convinced them that he took her hundreds of miles away. Right. Everybody. I think that whole story did. about the mine shaft and all that. I think that was oh, all. I think that was all arranged. That was all like to throw them off. Okay. That was all like. He's not so stupid as to say that at a party and, and not do it on purpose. Right. He did it on purpose. Of course he did. So it would throw them off. So they of would course. start looking there. The thing is, is that he and his brother and his father, 
those three cooked this up and part of it was a money grab. The other part of it was Susan just didn't fit into their grand plan and she didn't act like the woman that, you know, she, she was, she was not acting like a woman that should be in that family raising those kids. You know, she, she broke all the rules. She, she was not someone who could be controlled and that was not going right. to sit well with them. Exactly. So. Susan, I have a message from her best friend that she wants to give to Susan when we're ready for that. Okay. Just I'm going to look one more time. Susan, okay. are your remains in the house or right nearby the house? Your bones. Okay, let me look at this for a second. Are your remains in the house? Yeah, I'm getting in the house more than around the house. So like under it or something or in it? Okay. Not in the, part of the house. Wow. Okay. So maybe a cement foundation, something, but there, there's definitely, she's in the house. They didn't take her out of there. Whoa. The okay. brother, the brother, Michael thought that that was too much of a risk. That's what I'm picking up. Like, uh, if we move her, that's gonna cause, you know, but her, her DNA is all over this house. So let's keep her here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh man. Wow. I'm centering around the house. That's what I want to know. Did they ever do a, a, a major search in the house for her remains? Like, you know, it could have even been covered up by drywall or, you know, he could have knocked, you know, a, um, part of a wall out or a closet and put it back, you know? Oh my gosh. Wow. I don't I, see, I never read anywhere that he did had that they really searched the house. Well, or the anything. thing is, is that, you know, didn't the father leave the house and go live with, with Steve, the father? After didn't, this? Um, Josh, you mean? Yeah. Leave the house and go leave with Steve? I think. Yeah. Yeah. He left. As he far did. as what I, this was a long time ago, but I just remembered that he vacated that house. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he did. They, they would think that the smell would be like a rodent or a rat or something. You know, let's put out some traps. They wouldn't think it's like tied to her. Oh my gosh. You know, okay. Property, title, property, uh, you know, did they... What happened to the house after this? I'm this is sure. my question. You know, if, yeah. if, if I were working on this with investigators, this is where I would point them. I'm like, go do a, a property search, like go tap on the walls and see if it sounds hollow or if it doesn't. Okay. Go, go see what that situation is just to 
just to clear that, that no, I gotta tell you, I'm being pointed in that direction. Like they kept, the brother decided to keep her there because her DNA was there. No one's going to question that. Oh no one is going to question that. I think he hit her hard and he either knocked like her mouth was bloody. Like, okay. I think that's where the blood was coming from. You know, I think he, he hit her pretty hard. Yeah. And maybe he hit her with that same hand that had that, that pointed object and, you know, okay. All right. So sense. let's, let's, let's go on to a happier thing. Um, so let's finish up with what you said you needed to say. Okay. Yeah. So Susan's best friend from Utah, her name is Kiersey, and mm -hmm. she wanted me to give a message to Susan. And what she said was, I wish I could tell her how much I love her and miss her. And her family does too, and so do thousands of people around the world who never met her. I also wish I could tell her that because of hearing her story, many women and children have gotten out of dangerous, abusive, controlling relationships. They recognize the signs of what was happening in their own lives and are alive today because of Susan. That was it. It's beautiful. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking at her right now. And the thing is, is that what people don't understand when you cross over, it's not like you're, you're, you're deaf, dumb and blind. Like, like you, you <laughs> hear these things, like you can, you can pop in once in a while and, and monitor. Okay. They don't hang out all the time unless they're haunting a location. Right. You know, unless they are unable to leave. Okay. In her case, she had, she had cause to haunt that house. Yeah. For sure. But I, I think she moved on and realized, you know, yeah, she needed to be with her children's souls. Yeah. And she needed to be with them. Good. They and, good. you know, let me see if she has an answer back for Kirsty. Okay. What's her name? Kirsty? Kirsty. It's Kirsty. Kirsty? How do you yeah. spell? How do you spell? K-I-I-R-S-I. Kirsty. Yeah. Interesting name. Let me look here. Okay. Um, you know, and I'm not going to overstep and, and go into a, a reading here about Kiersey, but, but there are, let's just say personal reasons why she stayed with us and carried that cause. There were personal reasons for herself. Okay. And Susan sees that and acknowledges that and loves her for that. Okay. That's that good. she, she is helping herself as well. Ah, okay. Cause that's all she wanted. Yeah. And hopefully okay. I didn't overstep by saying that. Um, I don't think so. 
All right, Miss Shelley, I think we're going to wrap it up here, but that's kind of okay. my read on this situation, right or wrong. But as we know, I can write many more You're times than wrong. So I'm telling you, you are. You know, uh, I even, I feel like, um, you know, even if I get one thing in addition to what they know, then right. our work here is worth it. Yes. So if everybody likes this podcast, it's called The Missing. I'm psychic profiler, Carla Barron. I've been on numerous television series. Haunting Evidence was a big series for me. I did the pilot to Psychic Detectives, so I kicked yes. that whole thing off with psychics meeting crime. So I kicked all that oh, off. Cool. And the reason I call myself a psychic profiler is because I coined that term myself. And I used it in press articles when I was being interviewed. And I have proof of that. You know, when I first started using that, and it's so funny how many like pseudo psychics out there, you know, whether they're real or, you know, or advanced or, right. Or, you know, at a, at a medium level, um, you know, doing the psychic work on crime scenes. Um, a lot of people have adopted that title now. So the thing is, I was the first one to use it. And I have a backstory of how that happened. And I'm going to close with that story. I was right. <laughs> a long time ago, I was watching a series on NBC. It was called Profiler and Allie Walker, the, the actress Allie Walker was on it. And she sort of looked like me a little bit. And I'm like, oh, she's the profiler and I'm the psychic profiler. That's exactly how that came to be. That's so cool. That's exactly. And I told Robin Hood at Court TV when I was in her office, I said, that's how that name came about. That title, Psychic Profiler, came about because I was watching that series and I was recording it every week. And I was like, you know, she uses a psychic sense when she goes through the crime scenes and whatever. And they were trying to hide it on NBC, you know, pretending like she wasn't psychic and she was just highly intuitive, you, you know, trying right, to cover right. up the fact that she was actually really psychic and they just didn't want to say it. So, and I said, she's the profiler and I'm the psychic profiler. So there you go, people. That's how that term came to be. That's how so it was cool. born. So cool. So thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you, Shelly, for taking the time as you do. And we'll make this a once a week thing, but we need to hear from all of you guys, not only yep. hear from you, but you need to promote this out there and get yeah. everybody to start giving us five-star reviews on, on the missing out there and, and come, you know, there's like 13 different platforms you can listen to it on. That's right. And if, if you don't know which one uh, that's available to you, just go to my website, carlabaron.net, C-A-R-L-A-B-A-R-O-N.net. Go to the contact Carla page and all the listen links for the missing podcast are right there. And you can just click on one of them. And, uh, you know, like make, make your voices heard. If you want yes. more of this, if you want this to happen once a week, I'll take the time. Shelly's kind enough to take the time with me and we're, we're a game. We'll, we'll do yep. it. We are. We'll do it. And yes. I'll try to give a fresh look to each case. And 
but but we need to hear from you guys with this yeah we this do. can't just be me doing it because first of all this is a lot of work for both of us and yeah. i don't have enough time i have to actually schedule laundry i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> so, <laughs> she's very busy you guys seriously no i mean i have to actually busy. i call it laundry fest and i have to like schedule like the days where i'm gonna do it you know yeah uh, because i just don't have time I know. you know that's how busy i am so i will do this though i will okay. give this to you guys if you make it known so go out there support the podcast we're not asking for money we're asking no. for you to get the word out yes this will never be something where you have to pay to listen to it sorry yeah. but i'm not going to have like a sponsorship going on where you have to buy a subscription i just you know it it's i'm trying not to hit those guys that actually go out there and do that but you know they have to make a living and they sell advertising right. or whatever but you know what? I'm fortunate enough to do this work every day for all the rest of you with my regular readings. Right. And you know, it's not, not a lot of people get to wake up every day and do something they love. That's and true. I wake up every day. I never know who I'm going to read that day until I open up my emails and I see who's ordered a reading. I mean, I seriously don't know. I know because That's I don't so cool. book I don't book far ahead. I book that same day or the next day that, you know, if it's late at right. night and that's it. Or if it's my day off, which I only right. have two days off a month and Shelly oh, knows this. That's true. Very true. <laughs> so, so there you go. So anyway, that's a little bit about us, but, uh, tune in next time, uh, for in two weeks, we'll have the next episode, but you know, what? after that, we might have it every week. It depends on you guys make your voices and your desires known for the That's missing right. yes please. okay all right sweetheart thank you for joining us and uh thanks thank for you. all your work this week shelly and i will catch you next time all righty sounds good okay bye-bye okay bye-bye